Welcome to Bite Size Podcast today. Today we're continuing at looking at our subtopic, explaining love under the theme on love. We continue to find out what the Word of God says about the characteristics of love and how this helps or aids us in our walk and our daily walk with God. Our focus scripture is still 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 to verse 8. We'll continue to stretch this episode as far as we can as long as the Bible still talks about different characteristics we will look at them and we'll keep this focus on the theme on love. This theme is covered in multiple episodes and this is episode 12 of this theme and thank you for joining us. We're still explaining love. Yesterday, we ended our episode in this fashion. We said love holds no record of wrongs. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It is not easily offended. And when it does get offended, it is quick to forgive and to move on. It is not stuck playing old records of what it has been wronged but it was always looking forward to a bright and sunny day. It does not allow anger and revenge to occupy its space, but gives all to God and allows the peace of God to cover it. Love doesn't have a little black book of wrongs where it records them for later reflection, but it allows every wrong to pass by so that it may focus on what is good. This is where we ended yesterday. We were speaking about a bold love, a forgiving love. Today we continue with our focus on explaining love. But as always, let us look at our foundational scripture in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to verse 8. And let's read it. It reads like this. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious, nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily, it is not conceited, arrogant and inflated with pride, it is not rude, unmannerly and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. As for prophecy, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, it will be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away, it will lose its value and be superseded by truth. Our focus today 
will be on this following phrase. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. So let's get into it. The first thing we said is, it does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness. Love does not rejoice at any injustice. And we see this in the life of Jesus. There is a story in the book of John chapter 8. It speaks about a woman that is caught in the act of adultery. I'll read the story and I'll explain to you what I mean. It reads like this, from verse 3 to verse 11. When the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, they made her stand in the middle of the court and put the case before him. Teacher, they said, this woman has been caught in the very act of adultery. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such women offenders shall be stoned to death. But what do you say to do with her? What is your sentence? This they said, trying to test him, hoping they might find a charge on which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger. However, when they persisted with their question, he raised himself up and said, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. Then he bent down and went on writing on the ground with his finger. They listened to him and then they began going out, conscience stricken one by one, from the oldest down to the last one of them, till Jesus was left alone with the woman standing there before him in the center of the court. When Jesus raised himself up, he said to her, Woman, where are your accusers? Has no man condemned you? She answered, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go on your way, and from now on sin no more. We see a story here where the teachers of the law and the Pharisees are trying to bend the law to their own benefit. It fascinates me that they say the woman was caught in the very act of adultery as if she was committing it alone. But you don't hear of any man that comes with her. You don't hear of any man that is being brought before Jesus with her so that he could be stoned with him. And the Pharisees are trying to twist the law. They're saying, Moses says, Women offenders must be stoned to death. But if we go to the book of Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 10, we read this. This is Moses giving the law to the children of Israel. He says, the man who commits adultery with another's wife, even his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. So Moses is saying both of them must be stoned. Yet the Pharisees are only bringing the woman. Jesus, full of love, could not respond positively to that injustice 
Because if two are caught in the same act, then justice demands that they both get the same punishment. Yet the Pharisees were, to leave, were going to leave the man alone and they wanted to deserve, to dish out the punishment to the woman. According to the law, which they quoted, both the man and the woman deserved punishment by stoning to death. Yet, by lopsiding justice, they caused a great injustice which Jesus could not stand for. You see, what they did not count on was that love would step in and expose their hypocrisy. That is why we that is why they started living one by one, because they were condemned by their own hypocrisy. Because love was able to expose that hypocrisy. You see, that's why the Apostle Paul says, love does not rejoice at unrighteousness. But the second what he says, his meaning love will call you out if you're doing something that is wrong. Love doesn't cover sin, but it exposes it so that it can be dealt with. The Apostle Paul in the book of Galatians chapter 2 verse 11 to verse 14 tells us how love calls you out. It reads like this. But when Peter came to Antioch, I protested and opposed him to his face concerning his conduct there. For he was blamable and stood condemned. For up to the time that certain persons came from James, he ate his meals with the Gentiles. But when the man from Jerusalem arrived, he withdrew and held himself aloof from the Gentiles and ate separately for fear of those of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews along with him also concealed their true convictions and acted insincerely, with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy, the example of of insincerity and pretense. But as soon as I saw that, they were not straightforward and we're not living up to the truth of the gospel I said to to Peter before everybody present if you though born a Jew can live as you have been living like a Gentile and not like a Jew how do you dare now to urge and practically force the Gentiles to comply with the ritual of Judaism and live like Jews you see the apostle Peter was senior to the Apostle Paul. And yet the Apostle Paul stood in love to call him to order because of what he was doing, because his actions were unloving. His actions were showing something different to what love demands. And saints, we have the same responsibility today to stand as an advocate for truth if we claim to love. The second thing that the scripture we've read today in 1 Corinthians 13 says, it says, love rejoices when right and truth prevails. You see, love is an advocate of truth. It rejoices in truth being revealed and prevailing. Love always wants what is truthful and right to do. In the passage that we've just read in Galatians 2, the Apostle Paul continues to show us 
his contention with Peter was not only that he was acting hypocritical, but also that he was being untruthful in his actions. Because when the Jews were not there, he was friendly with the Gentiles and eating with them. But as soon as the Jews came, he withdrew himself for fear of what the Jews would say. You see, love demands truth and that we stay truthful, not only in what we say, but more so in what we do and how we act towards one another. You'd remember we said love is not only in speech, but in deeds. It calls for us to live our life in truth. It calls for us to walk in truth. It calls for us to do everything that we are doing in truth and to not be double-minded or hypocritical about how we act. It calls for us to understand that everything that we say is what we ought to be doing. It calls for us to not show one face to other people and another to, to, to another pe- set of people. You see, I will give you an example. If I claim to love, and if I claim to love God, I cannot then not live in the truth of God. That means everything that God says is sin, I will hate. And everything that he says is righteous, I would love. I cannot live in sin, yet claim to love him, because I am not being truthful. And I have not the love of God in me. Because we are told, love rejoices in truth. So see, saints, love loves truth. And there's a couple of passages in the scriptures which speak about truth and love. I'll read just a couple. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, 15 to 16, it says this, Rather, let our lives lovingly express truth in all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly. Enfolded in love, let us grow up in every way, and in all things unto him who is the head, even Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. For because of him the whole body, the church, in all its various parts, closely joined and firmly knitted together by the joints and ligaments with which it is supplied, when each part with power adapted to its need is working properly, in all its functions, grows to full maturity, building itself up in love. The Apostle Paul is urging us to express living our life by expressing truth. He says we live our lives lovingly when we express truth. But we show this first in the body of Christ to one another. And 1 John chapter 3, verse, 7, verse 18 says this, Little children, let us not love merely in theory or in speech, but in deed and in truth, in practice and in sincerity. We're called to live out love. And there's no greater example of love that we've seen being lived out than the cross of Calvary. You see, it was love that rejoiced 
at Calvary because Christ, who is the truth, prevailed for us. He bore our sins so that we can attain unto righteousness. That was truth prevailing and love rejoicing at it because he was always meant to be our love gift from God the Father. Saints and friends, love does not rejoice in injustice and unrighteousness. It seeks out truth wherever it may be found. Love does not discriminate and is quick to call out injustice where it may appear. Love, the love that God has given us, is full of righteousness and it's, it loves justice. We're called to walk in these characteristics of love. If the love of God is on the inside of us, we are called to a love that will not only show grace, but a tough love that will stand for righteousness and justice, that will contend for the truth. A love that is bold enough to call sin what it is, irrespective of who is committing that sin. See, the Apostle Paul shows us that even when those who are our leaders commit acts of unrighteousness, love compels us to call them out. There and then, and to ensure that we can call them back into the right path of love. That is the power of love, undeterred by anything, but seeking justice and righteousness at all times, and constantly striving for the truth. Because Jesus says in the book of John, chapter 14, he says, I am the truth. So this same love is one with the truth. Saints, let's end our discussion here today. Please join us tomorrow as we continue to look at these characteristics of love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I think we've covered quite a bit. We're almost at the end of it. Well, if you want to get in contact with us or you have any questions about this episode, past episodes, or any Bible-related questions you might have, you can do so through our social media pages. Facebook, it's bite-sized. Twitter, at bite underscore word. Instagram, it's bite word. Or you can send us an email on bitesize0 at gmail.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and goodbye.